Welcome to the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Louis Aldezan, with Mr. Brian Terry. Hey, between two of us, we'll try to answer any automotive questions you might have. Why don't you go and give us a call? It's 291-6901. And you use the area code here in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, which is 225. You can reach us from anywhere inside the continental United States this morning. There you go. We certainly wish you would. We always enjoy hearing from folks all around the town, all around the country. That's it. And things happen around the country that don't necessarily happen here. Yeah, and things happen here. Vice <laughs> <laughs> <Right> versa. <laughs> That's for fact. Yeah, buddy. Of course, the big news here is a storm the, coming in. Right, hurricane. That's got a lot of stuff shut down. I don't think we'll see a whole lot in Baton Rouge. But in uh, New Orleans uh, this afternoon, there's going to be a curfew about 6 o'clock. So right. I, had to, I don't think I'm driving back to New Orleans don't. tonight. I think I'll stay in Baton Rouge. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> no, you just go sit in the rain in the curfew. Well, I mean, so. you go you go sit in the rain here, but no, at least, right you, here, at least but you'll be able to get out and go do what you want to do after 6 o'clock. There you, know? you go. Exactly right. We talk about just all sorts of things on the Automotive Hour. And what topic we pick for any given day. I always like to tell people, if you have a question on something else, you don't have to restrict it to what we're talking about. Exactly. It just gives us something to to talk about run our, run our miles on between <laughs> the callers. But, yeah, you never restrict it to what we are talking about. You Just anything happens to be on your mind, you give us a call. Yep. Love hearing from you. I thought today we would talk just a bit about oil consumption. That seems to be a, a big problem nowadays. It does. More than it used to. Not only in older cars, where it's always more or less been a problem on older high-mileage vehicles. Right. You kind of expect them to start using some oil at some point. but. We see it a lot on newer vehicles now. We do. And I'm not real sure what the the issue with it is. I don't know if it's just poor machine work or... Complexity of the devices. Right. Well, one thing, I had a person who had emailed a little earlier, and he was talking about how the newer engines produce so much more power... They do. ...than they used to. And you can get a 3-liter V6 motor now that'll put out more power and more torque than an eight-cylinder did sure. not too many years ago. And the engines are running at such a high rate of power. Uh, they're, they're really pushing them a lot. And I think that has to do somewhat with it. Well, I mean, it's also a weight thing. You can take a six-cylinder, which weighs less than a V8, mm-hmm. and make more power with it. Yep. So, you know, you can pick the mileage up. Right. Well, and, of course, the biggest gains as far as power are came from the direct injection and the, the tuning turbo. and the turbos and right. all those sorts of things. And when you start using things like turbochargers, it does produce a lot more pressure. It produces a lot more power, but also can increase oil consumption. Yes, it can. The turbo itself, number one, can use some oil because it is lubricated. And oil can go through the turbo seals and get into the exhaust, which utilizes some oil. But the engines themselves, I don't know if the machine work is just not as good as it used to be, if they just fit it looser. I just don't know. It, yeah, it's hard to, to determine, really, without actually taking them down and, and start miking parts and right. figuring and out what's going on. A lot of the manufacturers today will tell you that a quart of oil every 2,000 miles is, is normal. Right. That they are expected to do that, which I remember overhauling engines for doing that <laughs> in the past. <laughs> Definitely. And a lot of them won't even address it under warranty if it's not more than a quart in a 1,000. Right. And some maybe a quart in 500. So. I think they have a problem that maybe they're not even aware exactly what's going on, or maybe they just don't care to address. But the fact is, a lot of people get cars that do use oil. Sure. And the first thing I normally hear is that someone will bring their car in, say, for an oil change, and you'll check it, and it's four quarts low on oil. Mm -hmm. And maybe it holds six, so it's still got two quarts in it. It's running okay. 
the light may not even be coming on, but you tell them, well, it's two quarts low on all. Well, where'd it go? I don't ever see any smoke. Well, that's fallacy number one. You're not going to see any smoke on any modern car. Just because the catalytic converter burns up and vaporizes, anything goes out of that exhaust. Right. But so that being said, it is not designed to burn oil. That's a fact. And one of the first symptoms of oil consumption, other than the fact you keep losing oil, mm-hmm. is the catalytic converter may fail. Right. Because it's designed to burn gas fumes, and it's not designed to burn oil. Correct. When you start to dump oil into this converter, it may be running eight, 900, up to 1,200 degrees anyway. You start adding fuel to that, that temperature may skyrocket and go up 1,500, maybe even 2,000 degrees. Hot and steel to, melts at 2,200 degrees. Right, hot enough to start melting the catalyst inside. Yeah, you start to fuse the catalyst and it starts to fall apart, and then, bam, check engine light pops on, or you start losing power from a restricted converter. And one of the first things most people do, they go and they get the code read somewhere, and it says PO430 or whatever. Needs a converter. Well, first thing you do is slap a converter on. Sure. Well, that's great. They just spent 1200 bucks, but about a year to six months later, boop, gone again. light pops back on again. Well, now they're trying to argue with the converter company. Hey, you made a defective converter, and they say, no, 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 you got something else going on here. Right. So anything that gets into a catalytic converter is likely going to damage it, anything other than gas what, fumes, it's, designed what it's designed to use. So that's one of the big things with all consumption. Even though you won't see smoke in most cases, you may see a little puff when you first crank it up, maybe, because Before the converter, the converter hadn't got hot. hot enough, and it may go on through. And a lot of times you won't even see that. There's just enough hardware in the exhaust where you normally don't see the smoke like you used to. I remember back in the 60s, you'd see old cars start up, man. Oh, yeah, big, big old, old puff of smoke and big battered. white trail of smoke behind them, yeah. especially when they accelerate. Those things just don't really occur a whole lot anymore. So you just may not be aware that you're burning oil. One really, really good thing to always do when you go to change your oil, if you change it yourself, or if you have it changed somewhere, is have them check the oil before they change it. Right. That way you will know if you you don't have enough oil. Right, if you're losing oil. And most shops do not do that, believe it or not. They just don't check the oil before they change it. All changes are one of those things that people don't like paying a whole lot for, so uh-huh. they try to keep the price down. The shops respond by doing it as quickly as they can. Because they're not really interested in doing it either. Yeah, it's not a moneymaker for them, so they're trying to keep the price as low as possible, and technically you're paying for an oil change, not a diagnosis, so they're going to change, change the oil. It. They're going to drop the plug, drain it out, and right. it obviously drains. if they pull the plug and nothing comes out or very little comes out, then they're going to know They're for concern. But, but, I mean, most of the time they're going to pull a plug, they're going to walk away while it's draining, go get the stuff they need to do the oil change, come back. When it's fully drained, they'll put the plug back in, fill it up, and go from there. Right. So you may not even be aware that your vehicle is using oil. Like I said, there's no smoke. There's not a light that's going to come on and say, hey, this thing's consuming oil. No, but by the time the, the oil pressure light comes on, it's usually going to be too late. Yeah, most of those oil pressure lights are set to maybe 3 PSI or even lower. Exactly. So by the time the oil level gets low enough, if you – your car holds six, which most cars today hold six to eight quarts of somewhere oil somewhere. Between the two. If it gets down to two quarts, it's not going to drop the oil pressure that low. It will drop it some, but it's not going to drop it low enough to set light in most cases. Well, and with the oil that low in the reservoir, what's going to happen when you go around a turn, that oil is going to slosh to the right. side. And if there's not enough oil to cover the pickup, then you're going to start, you're going to suck uh, air into the oil pickup, and that may flicker the light. It may. 
And the thing is, when you're low on oil, other things happen other sure. than just the oil pressure going down. Number one, you don't have the oil required to dissipate heat. You don't have the oil required to disperse moisture and stuff mm-hmm. like that. You don't have the oil required to fight corrosion and all the other many, many things that oil does. The reason they put six to eight to ten quarts in the end because that's how many it takes. Right. Not the oil does a lot, lot more than just lubricate. And I know a lot of cars today will set a check engine light that's not related to the oil you we would think at all. For instance, Hondas, I know if they get a little low on oil, they generally start throwing a cam position sensor code. Mm-hmm. Because you've got cam variable cam timing on virtually everything built today. Right. And it starts to interfere with those cam timing solenoids because it doesn't have enough oil pressure or doesn't have adequate oil flow or whatever volume volume to to, to operate handle that cam that properly that takes a whole lot of oil like on your chevy pickups with displacement on demand that takes a whole lot of oil to operate Correctly. the dod right and you may start to sense it as like a little misfire or stumble or noise in mm-hmm. the engine when the oil is low and not an oil pressure problem or whatever because generally, if it's got a couple of quarts in there, it's not going to fire the light off. Exactly. But it can cause all sorts of other issues. Certainly, it is going to cut the life of the engine down. Oh, most definitely. Because all, like I said, does a lot more than just lubricate. You know, all cools the engine, for one thing. It's the primary cooling system. I mean, you've got a liquid cooling system that cools the cylinders and the heads. But the oil flowing over the cylinder walls and all is what's removing the immediate heat. It's bringing it down to the pan where the air is flowing past it. That is one of your primary cooling systems. In fact, if you look at your air-cooled engines, that's the only cooling system. Exactly. You have a little air past the cylinder heads, but mostly it's the oil that's doing the cooling. A lot of engines today have oil coolers because they realize by keeping the oil cooler, that oil is flowing all throughout the engine. It's removing heat. It's also removing moisture. It's removing contaminants. It's doing a lot of things. So it's very, very dangerous to allow the oil level to To get get low. get too low. I'll see you time for our first little break. We're going to take that, and we'll be right back talking about all consumption today. But we'll take a call, any topic you might have. Give us a call. Hey, Jim. Becky said you were in the office, and whoa, what is up with all the charts and graphs, buddy? Oh, I'm using my system I've developed to keep up with the maintenance on my three cars. Is that an armillary sphere? Yes, yes, it is. So, the oil gets changed every third full moon. Brake pads divide the years Becky and I have been married by our oldest son's age. Timing belt is leap year, except when it's on the time. You know there's a better way, right? I just take my cars into Agco once a year for a general inspection. They give me an honest opinion on the maintenance and repairs I need. Sometimes it's just an oil change and they send me on my way. One time, they caught something that could have led to a huge repair. Saved me thousands. Wow, that sounds great. You know, I'm always trying to save money any way I can. Uh, Let me get Agco's number online and I'll give them a call. Is that dial-up? Dude, there's a better way to save money. Schedule your general inspection today at Agco Automotive. Agco, it's the place to go. Hey, welcome back. If you just join us at the Automotive Hour, I'm your host, Louis Aldezan, with Mr. Brian Terry. Hey, if you got a question, comment, you go ahead and give us a call. Our number is 291 and we'd be glad to hear from you. 6901. There you go. <laughs> number to shop is 6900. You there won't you get go. anybody there. <laughs> yeah, 291 6901. Let's go to our phone lines with Bob. Good morning, Bob. Yeah, I have a question on the oil. Since you're talking about oil, mm-hmm. 
oil additives like zinc and phosphorus, if they're necessary for an older engine, a friend of mine, he just took his older engine apart, only had 4,000 miles on it, rebuilt completely, and you notice quite a bit of wear on the cam lobes. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. That type of cam. Do we need to be adding some sort of zinc and phosphorus well, to these things? Yeah, you bottles? bring out a good point, Bob. And see, all has changed, and most people know that all has gotten better, and it has gotten better from a standpoint of a modern engine. But it neglected to take into account the old engines because you had flat tappet cams. Virtually all the newer engines have roller cams, right? Them, so they just don't require the zinc and the phosphorus. And since those are hazardous type materials, heavy metals, they don't want those in the environment. So they basically have taken those out over the years. If you've got an older engine that's still built to the older standards, you would have to add something like that to it. And there's several of those on the market you can add to it to protect those older engines. Maybe a better idea if you are rebuilding an engine for an older car is to swap over to a roller-type cam device, which would you know, alleviate that problem. Just like you have to do with the heads, you have to rebuild those to a different standard because you can't get the leaded fuels anymore. And it's just kind of the world we live in. But, yes, if you have an older engine that is built to original standards, you are going to have to add something to the modern oils, even if you're using a synthetic oil. Synthetic's a great oil. It's got a lot of stuff, but it doesn't have zinc and phosphorus in it. Okay, now, like, of course, the... Different brands probably have different additives and such. They do. I've noticed that, uh, I guess on the bottle, it should say if there's zinc or phosphorus in there. I'm sure it would. You'd have to do some research. I know they do make, the additives are basically like an assembly lube that has that stuff in it, and you can add them to it. And I'm not sure what all chemicals are in it, but if you've got the older car, you're going to have to add something like that to it because, like I said, the modern oils are just not designed to do that even though they are better per se they're just not adequate to that point it's just one of those deals some some's good more's better you know we tend to think in those terms but something can be better without being designed for something that was made in the past so yes you would have to add something to your all if you have an older engine that is built to the older standards yeah i have like 350 it was built back in the 80s why block recently rebuilt i suppose i have never added anything to it but after his experience yeah and really anything built in the 80s is probably not going to be as much of an issue just because they are hardened and the lifters tend to spin in them they're designed where they can tolerate a lot more of that were you really talking about that it's back in the 40s 30s and beyond that where it was a true sliding flat you know flat tap it type camshaft i mean it wouldn't hurt to add a little bit even to a A, 80s model motor like that but I mean, if you use a good grade of oil and you change it regularly, you're not likely to have a lot of problems. Without the additive. Even without the additive, mm-hmm. yeah, because that's still a relatively modern engine. I noticed my vitamin pill has some zinc and phosphorus. If I just throw a couple of those in. Might there. work. <laughs> <laughs> It'll help you anyway. Yeah. <laughs> thanks for the info. Okay, Bob, thanks, man. Bye-bye. All right, 291-6901 is the number. If you'd like to be part of the Automotive Hour, we'd love to have you. Now, talking about oil and oil consumption, one of the biggest fallacies out there, and this persists for whatever reason. And has been there for for generations. Right. And that is people will say, well, I use heavier oil. Mine was using some oil, so I started putting a heavier oil in there. That is absolutely counterintuitive not only will it not help with oil consumption but it will very likely hurt the oil consumption do not put a heavier oil thinking you're going to make it use less oil right 
you know, let's say your car calls for 5W30. Well, they'll go to 20W50. Well, that generally is going to just drive the nail in the coffin. you got to remember what a heavier, thicker awl is going to do is two or three things. Number one, it's going to boost the oil pressure. Because it's thicker. Because it's thicker. Right. Which is putting a lot more strain on the oil pump and all that stuff. Now it's going to pump more oil to the top of the motor. You already got an old engine. Maybe it doesn't flow down because it's sort of restricted and plugged up. You can very easily pump all the oil out of the pan. Sure. And burn the engine up. Number two, thicker oil is going to sling up onto the cylinder walls more, which it's gives thick. the rings more to to deal with, contend with. Right. Third thing is the thicker oil does not run off the cylinder walls as fast, which gives the rings more to contend yeah. with. And not only that, but with your variable valve con- valve timing now, it's just going to wreak havoc with that. Right. It's probably going to end up throwing a check engine light or throwing the valve timing off. It may end up breaking a timing chain if the timing chain drives the oil pump. Yep. But, yeah, the absolute last thing do not let anybody tell you no all change guy no next door neighbor no guy that used to work on cars right. tell you well you're using all put thicker all in that will not work it will make the situation worse that is just an old fallacy that needs to die because yeah, it, it does and i see that just time and time and time again people well i put 20 w50 in mine because it's using small well mm-hmm. that's just gonna make it worse sure in fact when ford was having trouble with the four sixes using all right they were using a 5w30 they were using 5w30 right their answer was to go to 5w20 correct and oh that's no it made it better <laughs> sure and they even retrofitted back yeah they retrofitted all the way back to the when the four six came out right go ahead and put 5w20 in all of them and it did help with the oil consumption it also helped with catalytic converter life yep because when you put a thicker oil in the vehicle you're going to use more of it so it's going to end up in the in catalytic the converter, and it's going to end up burning up the catalytic converter. It's one of those deals where I guess it's just the way people think. If some's good, more's got to be better. <laughs> you know, if 5W30 is good, then 10W30 must be better. Must be. But it ain't. There is a right specification for the car. That and is with the engineer me, designed to go in it. The guy who engineered and researched this engine knows more than the oil change guy. I'm sure. He knows more than the guy next door. He even knows more than the guy that used to work on cars. Yeah. <laughs> That's profound. I don't care what people tell you. The right all for the car is the one specified for the car. Correct. Don't go with a thicker all. It is not going to help anything. Another thing we see today a lot of times is a lot of the cars will take like a 0W20. Uh-huh. And people say, well, it gets real hot here, so we're going to put 5W20. Well, number one, that means you know nothing about all. Correct. Because the zero is the low rating. That's how all will respond at zero degrees Celsius, 32 degrees Fahrenheit. At zero degrees Celsius, it will respond like a zero weight all. 5W20 is going to respond like a five weight all right. with zero so, degrees. So when it's hot, they're both 20 weight all. Exactly. It's so going to have no effect, effect at all. There, in effect, you've increased the oil right. viscosity. At low, at low temperature, end. which is where you don't want it. Exactly. Because this just makes it harder to start because the engine's got to turn through this thicker all. It can cause it, it longer timing. To get to it takes top. longer to pump up to the top of the motor to yep. lubricate the critical thing. It don't run back down as fast. does not run down as fast. Yep. And does not affect the hot rating at all. Exactly. The first number is, is the cold number. The second number is the hot number. That's at 100 degrees Celsius or 212 Fahrenheit. Correct. So if it's both 20 weight, it's not going to make still 20 weight any difference when it's hot. That's exactly right. So another thing we hear a lot of times, well, it gets hot here, so we're going to put a thicker all in the car, and maybe they'll go from 
five W thirty to five ten forty or something like mm-hmm. that. Again, you got to remember, hot to you is not hot to that ninety eight degrees. That engine is running two hundred degrees all the time. Exactly. The that, difference the in ninety and hundred is absolutely no difference <laughs> to that. It, it doesn't care. Right. That is so irrelevant to that to the engine. Yeah. It's like okay, I'm going to shoot you with a three fifty seven. I'm going to shoot you with a forty five. You know, there might the be some difference the there, but the result is going to be the same. It's not going to make any difference to exactly. you. you know? Same thing with that. The right oil is always the oil that was specified for the vehicle, and that holds through the life of the engine. Sure. A lot of th- times people say, well, the engine's older, so I'm going to put a thick. No, don't do that. It doesn't need that. Newer engines are going to have aluminum bearings in it. They're not. It's not like the old Babbitt bearings where it would wear out and it couldn't hold oil pressure. Mm-hmm. You could tear down an engine with 250,000 miles on, and the bearings are probably not going to be worn out. The crankshaft was going to wear before the bearings do. Right. And putting a thicker oil is just not going to help with that. And, you know, I go on these websites, and I, man. Just cringe every time you read yeah, it. Yeah, huh? on and on and on. Some yeah. blowhards on there giving his advice. Well, yeah, I know it says that, but that's not thick enough. You need to put a thicker oil in. It's going to last longer. No, it's not. <laughs> in fact, it's probably going to end up tearing up the engine. Sure. So, again, that's just something you can't say enough. When it comes to oil consumption, that will absolutely never help. No. It's, no, it's, it's, it's gonna, probably going to make it worse. It's going to probably make it worse. Now, when you have oil consumption, where does the oil go? That's a question we get a lot. And there's not one single answer to that because an engine can consume oil in a number of different ways. Sure. One of the most common is the rings, the piston rings, which are the seals will start to wear after it's gone up and down so many times. Now, what the rings do, you have an oil ring at the bottom. The oil ring scrapes the oil off of the cylinder walls as the piston comes down. Correct. But it leaves enough to lubricate two. the other two rings. Correct. The second ring, which is a compression ring, further controls the oil. The upper ring basically just controls compression. If you had rings that scratched every bit of oil off the cylinder wall, the cylinder walls would wear. Li- right, you didn't have any lubrication. Because you have to leave enough on there. But between the three or four rings, whichever your engine might have, it's going to scratch the vast majority of it off. It may leave a very, very thin, thin, thin film of oil on there. Now, if enough oil remains on the cylinder wall, when it goes down, when the piston travels down, there is a vacuum in the combustion chamber. That's what pulls the fuel and air into the engine. Mm -hmm. It can also pull oil up past those rings into the combustion chamber. Now, when it goes up on the compression stroke, that's all compressed with the fuel and air. When the engine fires, it burns. And I know oil doesn't really burn, but little vapor of oil mixed with fuel and gas under compression will, will burn. burn. So it burns in the combustion chamber, then it goes out the exhaust. That's where the majority of the oil goes. Now, I say majority because there are other places as there well. Are. And we'll talk about that right after this break. Hey, Mike, heading out for your run? (laughs) I just knocked out three miles myself. Yep, did my meditation this morning to de-stress, and now I'm going to get a little exercise. Tomorrow I need to take the car into the shop, though. That shaking problem's getting worse. Uh, You know, you should take care of your car like you take care of your body, and it would save you some money. What do you mean? Preventative maintenance is key. Me and Kathy bring our cars in once a year to Agco for a general inspection. They give them the once-over and perform the maintenance needed to keep us on the road. I haven't had any kind of major problem with my cars in forever. I guarantee they would have caught the cause of your shaking issue and fixed it before it became a problem. And probably saved me money, too. Yep. All right, I'm heading home this evening for steak and lobster. Then Kathy and I are going to test run our new hot tub. 
Surf and turf and a new hot tub? Yeah, and champagne. Saving money on your car allows you to enjoy the finer things in life, Mike, my boy. Schedule your general inspection today at Agco Automotive. Agco, it's the place to go. Hey, welcome back. Just join us the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Louis Aldersand, with Mr. Brian Terry. We sure appreciate you spending your Saturday morning with us. Talking a little bit about oil consumption, but of course we'll take a call. Any topic you might have is two nine one six nine zero one. Give us a call. And you happen to miss your prime opportunity right now or in the near future? You can always go to our website and get your questions answered that way. The address is agcoauto.com. That is a g c o a u t o dot com. There's a contact bar on each and every page. Just click the button, fill out the little form, and send it in. There you go. It wouldn't be any easier than that. Just go ahead and send that form on in to me, and I'll get you an answer back. Use ASAP. And the other thing is call us right now. That's it. <laughs> get, a, get a live personal answer right now. That's exactly right. We were talking about oil consumption, where the oil goes. Right. And like I said, the primary thing is worn piston rings or stuck piston rings. What happens many times is that if you do not change your oil often enough or if you use the wrong oil in an engine, it can cause the piston rings to stick in the piston ring lands. Correct. There's a little groove on a piston. It's called a land, and it's fitted very tightly, about a half a thousand clearance on each side of that ring so the ring can expand and it can move in and out to hold tension against the cylinder walls. Well, what happens is that when the gook in the gum from not changing all off enough gets in there it can stick in those lands the heat of the engine cooks it down it makes like carbon type material and it can stick the rings in the inward position and, and it will really start to use all right you have no control over the oil then a lot of times on a newer engine i say something under a hundred thousand miles mm-hmm. when it starts to prematurely use all you can go in and chemically treat the motor in fact, the 4.6-liter North Star had that problem, and GM came out with a kit of several different things. Chemicals. One you would put into the oil, the other you would put into the spark plug holes. Mm-hmm. And then there was a final one I think you'd suck through the intake. Sometimes it would help a lot. Sometimes it would help a little, and sometimes it just, it just wouldn't help right. at all. And you could repeat the process, but after twice, if it hadn't helped, it just wasn't going to help. The Correct. rings were either... Too stuck, or they were broken, or they were worn out, or something to that effect. But sometimes you can treat a stuck ring with a chemical treatment like that. Like I say, you just got to understand, if you ask the shop to do that, he can't give you any guarantees because there just aren't any guarantees. This is something we can try. That's a lot lot less expensive than an engine rebuild, which is the other answer. Exactly. But there is no guarantees with it. It might work. It might not work. And like I said, I've seen where it cuts the oil consumption considerably. I've seen where it cuts it slightly, and I've seen where it just has no effect. Nothing at all. And as long as everybody understands that, that is one option. Let's go back to our phone lines with Frank. Good morning, Frank. Good morning, guys. Since we're talking about oil, I had a check engine light that came on that uh, showed that it was the uh, the camshaft positioning. And at one time, uh, you had told me via an email that it could be the oil. Yes, sir level and everything. Well, I had put in a quality racing oil, which was a lot more expensive, same weight, 5W30, put it in there, used AC Delco, everything. And before I took a trip to Orange Beach, I said, let me check my oil level. I said, it's been a while. 
So I looked and I said, wow, I didn't have any showing any oil on the dipstick. Mm -hmm. So I filled it up, used about a quart and a half. But I didn't have that $13 quart oil. So mm -hmm. I used the same brand, same weight, right. put it in there. And before I got to Orange Beach, my check engine light came on. Said the same thing, camshaft positioning and all that. So I brought it to the shop. I had to have the brakes changed anyway. I said, mm -hmm. let's change it all back to regular 530. Right. And I reset it with just the regular, you know, you know off-the-shelf oil that I use. And it hasn't come back on. I said, I, 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 it's amazing that the, the sensitivity oh, yeah. of maybe changing the characteristics of the same oil weight. That's same right. Same brand. Mm -hmm. Same brand, but maybe, you know, like less quality oil. But. Well, see, Frank, you bring up an excellent point. And it's not a matter of quality. It's a matter of specification. And I'm getting a whole, whole bunch of noise in the background, so I'm going to put you on hold. You don't mind? It's not a matter of quality. It's just two different products. And there's all is not one thing. It's a mixture of a whole bunch of things. It's a cocktail. Now, just because this one costs more or because it's reputedly a racing oil or whatever, it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work in your engine. Engines tend to adapt to the type of oil they've always had in it, and they don't like a change of brand. In other words, let's say I'm using castrol in my engine and i decide to go to valvoline i'm just gonna pick two names out of a hat they may both be very very good oils but they may not be compatible one with another and that can cause oil consumption very very often and use a lot of oil i mean it will start using sometimes going back to the original oil will alleviate the problem so it's not a matter of quality levels or good or better it's better to take one oil stay with it for the life of the engine and that's not only the viscosity viscosity is one characteristic of all but even the brand of all, it's just not good to change from one brand to another. Because, like I said, they're all good, but they're not all compatible with each other. So, and when you go to a racing all, it's got things in there for a racing engine. You know, obviously, a racing engine, they don't care if, if it burns all or not because they're going to change all every right. However many three or miles. four rounds anyway, and they're only going a quarter mile at a time. So, you know, it's just a different type of product for a different purpose. It's always best to stay with your original all and... I'm going to try again, make sure the noise is not there. you still there, uh, Frank? Yeah, yeah. I'm okay, great, yeah, great. Yeah, I mean, I stayed with the same brand. It was, mm -hmm. just, it was just a different. But even a different oil in the same yeah, brand may be totally different. Yeah. yeah, always best to stay with the same oil. You know, if you're using Mobile One, don't go to Mobile One Extended Life. Use Mobile One. If you're right. using whatever brand, stay with the same brand, same viscosity. It's just all that stuff is very, very picky, and, and particularly right. on the newer stuff. I found that out. It was just, you know, <laughs> I saved everything. I said, well. I'm just going to stay with the regular shelf stuff. You uh -huh. know? And, you know, a lot of people don't believe me when I tell them that. That can make a check engine like cause all kind, cause all consumption, cause all kind of things. I've had people right. go in and replace an engine for that reason, and all they had to do is go back to the regular, the original all. <laughs> well, well, I just saw uh, we're getting your your opinion on that, just to let you know that how sensitive that stuff yeah, it is. Be, you know? mm -hmm. so, all right, guys. All right, Frank. Thanks for calling, man. Bye-bye. All right, 291-6901 is the number if you want to pull the automotive hour. And, you know, we see that a lot when customers take their vehicle to different places to get the oil changed. That's right. Each different place has their own oil. And like you were saying before, the oils usually are not compatible with each other and could start causing problems. I like to find a, a, a shop that I like to deal with and use them exclusively. Right. Especially for oil changes and things like that. Mm -hmm. If nothing else, bring your own oil. Exactly. If you've got some specific oil that, that you're you using you favor then bring your own all sure uh, most shops are not going to mind that they're going to still charge you to change it obviously but we have a lot of people who do bring their own all they use a specific Supply. brand 
And it is better because I've got a house all that I buy, and I get a pretty good price on that. But if I have to go out and pick up five quarts, different... I have to call a parts store, order five quarts. They have to deliver it. They're going to charge a lot more sure. than you could buy it at one of the big department stores. Or just, so just supply it with you. If your... you don't want to pay $10, $12 a quart for all that you can buy for five somewhere <laughs> else, just exactly. bring your own because – there's no sense spending a whole lot more money than you have to exactly. to accomplish the same thing. Let's go back to the phone lines. Is it Emany? Emany. Emany. I'm sorry. That's good. Hey, look, I got a, I got a big, big question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's my arm. Okay. If you, I have like about seven cars, and I, I don't drive. I get like a thousand miles a year. Okay. On, my, on each car. Mm-hmm. How often do I need to change the arm if I run a synthetic? I would change it once a year, yeah. Manny. I don't ever go more than a year on all, even though the all is going to look real good. It's going to be real full of moisture. What happens is that every time you crank it up, you know, that car sitting there, moisture forms in the engine, starts attacking the metal. When you start it up, the all has dispersants in there that will take that liquid and suck it in and hold it out of place where it doesn't attack the motor. Now, the problem is it's a liquid, same as the all, so it goes right through the all filter. And the only way to get it out of there is to drain and fill. So yes, sir. I would say no more than once a year I would change every one of those out. And I know that's a big expense to you, but it's a lot less expense than having the engine damaged. Right, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Because somebody would tell me the synthetic oil do not break down. Well, the oil doesn't, but it still gets just as full of moisture. In right. fact, synthetic oil is going to contain more moisture than regular oil because of better detergent. My so yes, in, in those conditions, you may be better off using a conventional oil because synthetic is going to contaminate faster than the other just because of better detergent, and it's being used under an extreme condition that's not really designed to be used under. Right. Thank you so much. Okay. All right. Thanks, man. Yeah, thank you. All right. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. All right, 291-6901 is the number, and I think we can catch another call before our break. We have Herb online. Good morning, Herb. Good morning. Yes, sir. Got a new Toyota truck, and they told me to give me free oil changes at the beginning there. And I went over there, and they said, well, it's over only 10,000, every 10,000 miles. But they went out and looked at the VIN number, and it says uh, our number on the door there. It said, uh, you got an E85, which I didn't know, so you change it every 5,000. Uh, okay. What is it? If I don't run E85 gas, does that should be treated like I can treat it like the other the regular one or something? Well, no, her right. to say a mileage to change all without taking into account how the vehicle is driven is just foolhardy. I mean, that is that is the most ridiculous thing in the world. There's no number that's going to work across the board on any engine. Uh-huh. You have to look at the way you drive the vehicle. You know, if you're driving from here to Mobile, Alabama, every day and back, you know, you're putting 200 miles per trip. You could probably go six, 7,000 miles without much trouble. If you're driving like most people, you get in your car, you go five miles, you shut it off, it sits there, you get back in, you drive five miles, can't go that long. That's extreme conditions. So the all-change interval is based on the conditions under which the vehicles operate and not some predetermined mileage. Mm-hmm. The E85, does that, does that make it more contaminated or something? Well, E85 is just an alcohol-based fuel, and I'm not sure exactly what that has to do. I know the combustion process is not going to be nearly as efficient with E85 in there. They may get more fuel dilution or whatever, but I would not even be worried about that. I'd be looking at the way you drive the vehicle. If you are making short trips, pushing that all 10,000 miles, you're going to be coming to see me for very long, I can tell you. Yeah. Okay. I just didn't know... uh... Well, if I should be more cautious on something other being a, 
E85 rated, even though I'm not. No, if you're not using E85, it's just the computer is capable of sensing those conditions and allowing for them. E85 is basically going away because petroleum prices have gotten so low, it's just no place for it. It it was a little bit cheaper, even though it was way less efficient. Your fuel mileage drops. So it's kind of a product without a market. It's Mm -hmm. kind of a silly thing in the first place, in my opinion. But, you know, it gets into politics and all kinds of other things. So. Okay, I just wanted to know. All right, Herb. Thanks, man. Bye-bye. All right, we're going to take our last little break, but we got a whole lot more. So, Tina, are you interested in shopping next weekend? Oh, well, me and Harold leave for our European cruise on Friday. Another cruise? What? Are you all blowing the kids' inheritance? (laughs) No, we're just smart with our money. Like, our cars are paid off, and we're big on preventative maintenance. Harold takes them in once a year to Agco for a general inspection. They check everything out and perform maintenance on what we need to keep the cars running right. You'd be surprised on how fast you can save for a cruise without two car notes. (laughs) Wow, I never thought of that. I have time to do a little shopping this afternoon, though. I've got to get Harold a bathing suit. He keeps saying he wants one of those tiny Speedo suits because that's what everybody wears in Europe. And I cannot let that happen. Okay, now I have an image of Harold strutting around the pool in a Speedo. I think I'm going to book a general inspection from Agco to clear my mind. He wanted hot pink, too. (laughs) Tina, stop. Schedule your general inspection today at Agco Automotive. Agco, it's the place to go. Hey, welcome back to the final segment of the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Louis Aldazan, president of Agco Automotive. Got our lead tech, Mr. Brian Terry, right here on a co-pilot seat. Hey, between two of us, we'll try to answer any automotive questions you might have. Talking about all consumption today, but we'll take a call on any topic you might have. We were talking about rings and how they can cause all consumption. Sure. Another source of all consumption are the valve guides. Correct. Where the valve comes through the cylinder head, where it passes through, there is a clearance there so it can go up and down it can expand and so on and there's a seal at the top a valve guide seal because all is inside the valve covers it's up in that area there is vacuum on the intake valve because when the intake valve is open and the piston's going down it's drawing fuel air in it also can draw all down the valve stem if the seal is not in place or if it's worn right so that's another place where they can lose a lot of all is through the valve guide seals now if your engine is using oil, you might want to determine, is it a valve guide seal problem or, or is, is it a, a ring, ring problem? Because in many cases, the valve guide seals can be changed without taking the engine apart. Right. You can take the valve cover off, put compressed air in the cylinder that hold the valves up, and with special tools, you can go in and get the spring off and put a seal there. And then replace the spring, put it all back together. Considerably less expensive than tearing the engine down and changing the rings. And also, more to the point, it would fix the problem. Mm-hmm. But... You have to determine, is this a ring problem or is this a valve guide seal problem? Because both of them can cause oil consumption. The easiest way to do that is with a compression test. And everybody, oh, I've done a compression test. Okay, that's great. But if you go on my site and you search the word compression test, you can find out there's more than one way to do it. Exactly. And I'm not going to go into all the details of running a compression test, but basically you run the test first dry. Record all the readings. In other words, just do a standard compression test. Mm-hmm. Now take some very lightweight oil, about a 10-weight oil, squirt it down the cylinder hole through the spark plug, and run the test again. If the pressure comes up considerably, like if it jumps up 20 PSI per cylinder, 
very likely the rings are causing the problem because that all will temporarily seal the rings right. while you're cranking the engine. So it'll make the pressure rise considerably. If the pressure does not rise, then likely the rings are okay and it's the valve guide seals mm-hmm. causing the problem. Now, you can also do a cylinder leak down test, but that's more involved than the average do-it-yourselfer has the wherewithal to do. So by doing that one little test, you can determine, do I have a ring problem or do I have a valve guide problem? Now, the last place that a lot of oil can go, and that's oil leaks. Now, generally, this is going to be a leak on the pressure side of the oil system and not like a standard leak like a valve cover leaking. Mm Mm-hmm. This is actually something that's going to leak when the engine is running. Right. When a a valve cover leaks, it's bad because oil can run down. It can get into the starter. It can get on the front end parts and all that. But it's just not going to account for a huge amount of oil loss. Unless it's just not there anymore. If it's just pouring out, you're leaving a puddle under the car. The little spots you see under your car, those little little, little nickel dime size spots, that will never account to a huge amount of oil loss. You think about it, if you poured an, a quart of oil on the ground, it'd make a spot bigger than the car. Sure. So those little spots that you see, and that's not generally going to be a considerable amount of oil loss. However, not changing the oil off enough causes oil leaks and also causes stuck rings. Exactly. So very often when you're consuming oil, you're also going to have oil leaks. And people see the leaks, and they think that's where the oil's going. They want to fix all these leaks, and they have an engine problem. Sure which is silly to fix a bunch of oil leaks on an engine that's burning oil. out, yeah. So that's why a true diagnosis is needed. Now, on the other hand, if you've got a pressurized oil leak, something like a rear main seal or maybe an oil pressure sending unit that's cracked, right? that's got full oil pressure on it, it's steadily dripping. Most of the time, when you're sitting at night, you won't see a big spot under the car because the engine's not running. It's not pressurized. So you may not see a big spot in your driveway or your garage. However, when you're driving down the road, it may be a steady drip. I know some cars have like a seal underneath the oil filter adapter or something like some of your Nissans have mm-hmm. that. Yep. Some of your Ford products have that. That seal will leak. It's got full oil pressure on that seal. Drips like the devil going down the road. It drips on the ground. The wind takes it out. Right. And you don't hardly notice it. Well, you're driving down the interstate 70 mile an hour. You got a 70 mile an hour wind under that car. So it's not going to leave a lot of oil it's going to blow back and go on the windshield of the guy behind you maybe but you're not going to ever really click to the fact that this thing is leaking a lot of oil Mm -hmm. you pull up in your driveway at night you may see a little tiny spot somewhere where some has dripped off and it's always done that because the valve covers have been leaking so it's not anything noticeable don't really think much about it because the big loss of oil is taking place going down the road sure and that's when you'll see that you're not going to see it of course in, in the driveway but those are the kinds of leaks that can cause a fair amount of oil consumption. Another place is like an oil filter that is either not installed properly, maybe they didn't tighten it enough, or they tighten it too much. Or they put two gaskets on it. I have seen mm-hmm. take the oil filter off, the gasket remains on the block. Right. The guy taking the filter off does not recognize the filter. The filter does not have the seal on it anymore. He throws it in the sump, picks up a new one, and spins it on there. He's good to go if it's not leaking when he cranks it up. Yeah, now, it may not leak right then. Right, but that seal is captured in that filter. Mm-hmm. It's, it's set back into the filter where it can't expand outward. But the f- gasket that he left on the block can. Right. So eventually the pressure is going to build up and it's going uh, to move that gasket out of the way and it's going to start leaking oil. And generally what happens as the oil filter starts to get dirty, it starts to get a little more restricted. So the oil pressure on that side of the filter starts to rise. 
with a brand new oil filter, it may not leak because oil is just flowing right through it. Right. When that filter starts to restrict, it starts to build more pressure. That's when it blows that seal out. So you may not equate it back to the oil change. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, we've seen that a lot. Another thing is a defective oil filter that either they put them on and break the filter some kind of way, crack the filter, cut the filter, damage the filter, or the filter just blows out. Right. It had a defect in it from the from the build. Not common, but we do see that happen. Right. Another place where we see a lot of oil leakage is if the oil drain plug is either loose or stripped, or if they didn't or change the, the sealing washer on it. Correct. Because the threads in that oil plug do not seal at all. That's not a pipe thread. That is a standard SAE or USS type thread. Right. That is not going to seal. It relies on that gasket to make it seal. And if you look in, in any oil filter, I mean any oil drain plug, there is a gasket of some kind in it or on it. It might be a rubber O-ring. It might be a copper gasket. It might be a fiber gasket. For the most part, those gaskets are supposed to be changed with every oil change. Correct. The exception being the ones that are made onto the drain plug. Those are usually urethane, and they're good for several uses, but they do wear out in time. Sure, sure. Like a Chevrolet uses a urethane seal made onto the drain plug. We keep those under the counter, and very, very often we they come in and got all all in the car, take drain plug out, and that seal's just crushed down from use. Mm-hmm. And you replace the drain plug, and you stop so, the problem. Now, what some people misguided people and shops do they'll see it leaking and just kind of crank down on it a little bit more crank it down a little tighter right that's why it is imperative to torque that oil drain plug to the proper amount if it's still leaking there's stop, a problem pull it out figure out what's wrong don't just tighten it more right because Again, eventually, some good more is not better <laughs> eventually you're going to pull the threads out of the pan and then you've got a a big problem to deal with well that can be a huge problem some Vehicles, the engine's got to come out of the car to get the oil pan off. Yep. Even the ones that don't, it can easily be a two- or three-hour job, and the oil pan itself can be three or $400 with an aluminum pan. Yep. So you do not want to strip that drain plug trying to seal something that was the Washer seal. Or seal problem on the plug itself. Yep. Another vehicle that's real common for that is the Hondas. They use a little aluminum seal. They do. That is a one-time use seal. Yes. So if you buy your filters from the Honda dealer, they will generally give you that little seal. Mm-hmm. It, and if not, you can buy them. They're not very expensive. A lot of times you can just take them right off the end of the plug. Sometimes you have to, to thread them to off. Thread them if off. they've been over-tightened, they may be crushed down. You have to thread them off to get them off of there. Right. If you can get enough distance between them, you can actually take a pair of cutting pliers and right. cut them and, cut and them. break them off. They're right. real easy to take off. But that needs to be changed. Hey, I see we're just about totally out of time. Start winding on up and getting on out here. I'd like to thank our podcasters for listening this week and every week. And tell your friends, go to your favorite broadcast or rebroadcast service and find a written review and fill it out for us. There you go. Really appreciate it. Preceding was opinion based on our experience in the automotive industry. Have a great weekend.